Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. Today's essay is a sort of tribute to April being National Poetry Month. I always feel a little guilty about the fact that I read way more mystery novels than poetry, so this month I am reading one poem a day, and that may seem quite low effort, that's okay, Uh, but I'm really trying to think hard about the poem that I'm reading. The essay is also a tribute to one of those national days that I missed, which was National Walking Day, which happens on the first Wednesday in April, um, April 6th this year. Fortunately, May is National Walking Month, and that month is coming up fast. And finally, it's another entry in my ongoing saga of fiddling with my morning routine, which I can do because most of my work is in the afternoon and evening, so that I basically have extra time in the mornings to try things like little meditation apps and reading a poem a day and taking a walk. Enjoy the show! I've nicknamed the latest additions to my AM routine the morning meds. I spend one to two minutes on a guided meditation from an app on my phone. See last week's Of Apps and Apprehensions for more information about that. And then I read a poem. Because it's April. A little later, weather permitting, I do a walk and think. For most of this month, I've been working through John Keats's poems in order, as well as my town's connector streets. Poems was published in 1817 and most of the works in it are quite short. Critics reacted relatively positively, although most noted the unevenness of the work. This is an accurate assessment. Some of these verses made me wince. Many deal with Keats psyching himself up for the profession. He wants to be a poet, and he's not sure he's good enough. We can relate. When I first imagined myself as a writer, Keats's progression from a mediocre poet with promising flashes to a genius in control of his art over the course of just four or five years was reassuring and inspirational. The critics were sometimes vicious about his work, but nevertheless, he persisted. As as it turned out, I never managed to follow the same trajectory. I was easily deterred by criticism and... This may have been the deciding factor, not a genius. Still, there was the bond of insecurity. Mornings being one of the most insecure parts of my day, I find Keats's worries strangely comforting. I get my headphones and jacket and head outdoors. Connector streets are the ones you take when you're trying to get from one end of town to another. They're bigger streets with a fair amount of traffic. I'm saving the side streets for later in the spring when the trees and flowers are in full bloom. The morning's connector streets are Main, which runs north-south, and Chestnut, which runs east-west. I'm eager to see the progress on the new house near the intersection of Chestnut and Main. For years, there'd been a stone house on the site. The residents held garage sales every weekend. A few months ago, that house was gone, raised to the dirt. 
Then appeared a foundation, and today there's a frame and some walls. A contractor's pickup truck blocks the sidewalk. I edge around it and peek inside the skeleton. Two-car garage, central staircase. It'll probably turn out to be yet another colonial with a statement window over the front door. I wonder how Keats would feel about the scenery I'm passing on Main Street. There's some green around, trees, a few lawns, flowers and planters outside some of the stores, but probably not enough to please him. I enjoy it, though. The teens waiting for the bus, a pizza shop, a gas station. Finally, regular is less than $4 a gallon. Hooray! The fire station, our dentist's office, the rectory of St. Bernadette's, a lawn with a sculpture of a Native American with a headdress in silver and bronze, a store that makes gravestones, and on the corner, the best bar and grill in town. This morning's sonnet was the strongest so far in my April readings. It's number 11, on first looking into Chapman's Homer. It's the Stout Cortez one, you've probably read it, in which Keats and a friend flip through George Chapman's translation of the Iliad, which was done in a wilder, less refined style than the ones in vogue in England at the time. Keats feels as though he finally gets Homer. He compares the experience to a scientist finding a new planet Uranus had been discovered in 1781, and then to the explorer Cortez's first glimpse of the Pacific Ocean from a peak in Darien. These are curious choices. Darien, a region in Central America that was intended to be Scotland's big foothold in the New World in the late 1600s, turned out to be a failure that nearly bankrupted the country, and also the conquistador who encountered the Pacific was Balboa not Cortez. Facts and history aside, it's a beautiful poem. The Iliad's been on my mind this week, even before Sonnet 11. I've read translations long ago and recently finished Madeline Miller's The Song of Achilles for my book club. Miller's novel focuses on two characters from the epic, Achilles and his lover Patroclus. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, so be it. At one point, Achilles and Patroclus have been dragged into the Trojan War, and they have a big meeting with Agamemnon and the other generals, and I remember that these characters are just a little part of the story. I retrace my steps, again passing the new house. Will the statement window be rectangular or arched? The exterior gray, white, or blue? Maybe the builders will add a wraparound porch. Maybe some Helen will live here and relax on that porch in the evenings, and some Paris will see her and spark a war. The Iliad is so enormous, vast as space, deep as the ocean. My mind spins towards heaven at the thought of it. I feel like a watcher of the skies when a new planet swims into her ken. Thanks so much for listening. This morning, I was up to Sonnet 17, which might have an answer to my speculation about whether Keats would enjoy the scenery that I passed on my walk. This is a sonnet in which Keats both praises his native land and its women, but also thinks he might to see, like to see other places and other women. That negative capability thing, um, it starts out, 
Happy is England. I could be content to see no other verdure than its own, to feel no other breezes than are blown through its tall woods with high romances blent. Yet do I sometimes feel a languishment for skies Italian and an inward groan to sit upon an alp as on a throne and half forget what world or worldling meant. My take on that is that I think my town might not be quite sublime or verdant enough for Keats. The green in England is different. It's kind of like a canned pea green rather than fresh pea green, and that is more uh, American green. So my question of the day is, did you read any poetry this April? And did you stick to one of your favorites or explore a new poet? And what'd you think? You can check out this podcast as a blog on my WordPress page. There's a link in the description box. If you'd like to support this show, that would be awesome. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well.